Welcome to The Land of Aru, a fan cast of Carcerum the Series, presented by the American Council for the Blind, Sunday edition with Anthony, and supported by Shane Salk Productions. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is In Land of Aru, a Carcerum fan cast. And this evening we will be listening to episode number four. And we will be talking with Godric himself. If you've been with us since episode one, you know who Godric is. And um, he is still a bright. If you go to um, any of the show promos, you can you can listen or slash read all of the amazing work that he's done. And we'll be chatting some about his career, some about the series itself. And of course, as always, you can ask some questions about, you know, the industry or whatever he can expand upon. So follow the Zoom link if you'd like to join us live and you're listening right now on ACB Media 5. We're being presented as always by Sunday Edition and Shane Salk Productions. I'd like to remind folks that Shane was also the one who generously donated the Christmas Carol to us this season. Um, It is available in both English and Spanish versions. And I finally listened to the Spanish version um, with a little bit of help from my partner because I am not fluidly speaking as of yet, but um, it was an amazing production. So go check that out as well as the other series that Shane has produced. But um, let's roll right into episode four. Shane, do you want to give us a brief reminder of where we left off at the end of episode three? The end of three, uh, Aura and Kevin had been captured by the Terra, and um, they were getting their stuff back and their horse back, and all of a sudden there was a loud, a loud roar, and they ask what it was, and they say it was a Losus Naturae. And here we go with four. To listen to this week's Carcerum episode, click the link in the description. All right, everybody. This is In the Land of Aru, a Carcerum fan um, uh, fan cast. And tonight we are speaking with Philip Rock, Reich, who plays Godric. We will uh, introduce him in a moment. Shane, um, I got kicked out and got a weird message from Zoom. And when I came back, the audio was a little spotty. Is there any way you can re-embed the episode when um, the In the Land of Aru podcast comes out? Absolutely. Um, what I, oops. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't put the episodes in the Land of Aru. I just link them to the body okay. of, the, of the description. So you can absolutely find it at carcerumtheseries.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Before you go away, I had an email question this week for you. And (laughs) um, the person's name is Kevin, believe it or not. And Kevin wanted to know, he swears that he's heard you in Bob's Burgers. And he would also swear that he's heard you in an actual commercial or two over the last year or so. So um, is that you in Bob's Burgers? And can you um, tell the folks what commercials you may have, um, you may have, uh, voiced in the last couple of years man i would love to tell you it was me and bob's burgers but it was not um unfortunately i've been an american dad but not in bob's burgers and commercially i honestly could not tell you uh it's not ndas or anything like that i just don't know what's been out i haven't done too many commercials this this year um but i do have a sound that others mistake for other people so i'm sorry kevin i can't tell you what commercial you may have heard me in uh if it it might not have been me i'm sorry to say 
Well, Kevin, feel free to email us again if you run across the commercial and um, you remember what it is. A lot of folks in our community love to try to, you know, play the voice thing, um, you know, placing one voice, um, you, you know, from one production to another and, and following. So it's not surprising that we got a question like that. Well, thank you so much, Shane. Stick around just in case any um, anything comes up that we need your expertise on. And Absolutely. Phil, Philip, a.k.a. Godric. Welcome to In the Land of Aru, um, presented again by Sunday Edition and Chainsaw Productions. Folks, if you want to join us with some questions or comments, you can follow any of the Sunday Edition. It's always the same link. So anything that you see Sunday Edition, but um, the promos for tonight's In the Land of Aru is up on all the ACB lists, as well as Facebook on my personal page and the uh, Facebook ACB community page. So follow those links. And you can join us live with a question for these folks. Philip, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I have an email question for you in a little while, but I figured that we could start out by you telling us a little about yourself personally, where you're from, what brought you, you know, into the business and maybe uh, some of your favorite roles and, and some of your favorite um, productions that you've worked on. Sure thing. Um, so uh, I'm originally from Arkansas, but I've been uh, out in LA for, geez, I think going on 13 years now. So almost at that point where I'm starting to call LA home uh, instead of Arkansas. Uh, I came out here originally for film school where I studied film uh, editing, but uh, I was acting in folks, short films, uh, Chapman University was the film school I went to, and um, I was acting in their films, and I was doing voiceover, and that sort of reignited a love I had always had for acting. So um, I had I asked some of the actors who I met along the way, like, "Hey, where have you studied, and where can I do so?" And people pointed me in the direction of various voiceover classes that I that I took, um, and eventually found my way over to. Um, Mr. Bill Holmes, the voiceover doctor, who is one of the uh, co-creators of Carcerum. So that is how I sort of wound up here uh, in Carcerum. But I've been voice acting uh, professionally for the last six, six to seven years now. And some of my favorite roles that I've done in that time are uh, a character named Giorno Giovanna from the show Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, it's an anime. Um, and it follows the, the Joestar family. So every season is a new, a new relative. Usually it's like season one is someone. And then the next season is like that person's grandkid or their son, or that goes through the whole family line through each thing. Uh, so I play the protagonist of season five or part five. Um, I've also voiced characters in the monster hunter video game series, which is a ton of fun and funnily enough listening to that fight with the lucis natura is like ah i've done similar against other monsters um also uh another game series uh called persona specifically persona 5 i got to play a real scumbag character who <laughs> was really interesting to voice um yeah and I, i've done a lot of a lot of anime a lot of video games um and a fair amount of uh commercial uh commercial gigs but they're all they're all fun in their own individual ways 
Um, I was wondering if you could, we had uh, Dana Powers on for the first episode, and I know she'll be back at some point, but um, she spoke to us about the physicality of this role. And I think, I think it surprised some folks. I know in personal conversations that I had, you know, we were remarking on once she had said that, we really could, you know, hear it in the episode. So is this one of the more physical roles that you've taken on? I would definitely say so. It's funny because before recording for, for this, I had done um, some video games um, where you have lots of efforts and, and action uh, type scenes going on and everything. So I thought, okay, I think I've got a, a decent handle on, on physicality. Uh, but then recording for this, it was like, uh, they, they wanted to go further and further with the physicality to, to the point where I remember as we were recording, like my fight uh, with, with Dana, um, where I actually, they gave me a, a dumbbell to physically swing around as we were recording. And it was, it, it added that something extra to it that made it even better. And so, yes, this has definitely been one of the more physical roles I've ever had to do. So I'll ask the same question. You know, I asked her, you know, recording it when you finally got to hear the finished product, um, were you amazed and, and what really stood out for you? Oh my gosh. I was, I was floored when I heard it for the first time. Um, and I, I heard, I heard a couple iterations. I heard sort of like a, a rough first pass and then as it got polished up. So I got to hear sort of the evolution, um, as it, as it became a full episode and, I, I was floored by both the music and the and and the sound effects and just the mixing and how it all came together because you know it's it's easier in a in a visual medium where you can sort of you can rely on what you see on the screen whereas in this you have to completely rely on what you hear and how how well they brought the world to life and there and how there was like never a moment as I was listening to that first episode where I was like, wait, what's going on? I don't really understand sort of like the physical space or actions that are going on, how, how very easily I was able to follow along and sort of be completely brought into this world. And that, that's what blew me away was just like how, how realistic and well done it was. So we're all pretty big fans of Spirit. <laughs> and we've, we've spoken about Spirit every episode so far. Um, you know, what was your what was your mindset when, you know, when you had those couple of interactions with Spirit? How did you kind of map it out for yourself? Um, in, in some ways, I sort of like, you know, I, I combined it where Spirit had uh, a personality and, and was, you know, was this character that I was talking to um, and at the same time sort of mixed it with my own experiences of of having having a pet growing up and and going you know hearkening back to <laughs> talking to to my dog in some way so <laughs> like I tried to I tried to treat spirit with a little more uh, respect as a character and not just like ah oh, you're just my pet here um, because I knew spirit was was going to be an important part of of this of this series and um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting trying to try, trying to balance between like, uh, respecting spirit as a character and not being dismissive, uh, because it, it's an animal that doesn't speak back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how much of Philip is in Godric? 
Oh man, more, <laughs> more than I, I thought would be in there. Um, I, well, except for the part where he's really good, you know, uh, as a sword fighter, I wish I knew all that. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of, um, there's certainly a lot of me going into, into Godric because, you know, uh, as I think is the old adage, you know, everyone's the hero in their own story. And, and, you know, I, I think we all feel that uh, to some degree. And so that's, that's easy to relate to with, with Godric is he's being, you know, put into this situation and at first he's resistant to it. And he's like, no, I can't be the chosen one. I don't, I don't want all this responsibility and I don't want the, you know, the weight of that on me. I just want to, you know, do my thing <laughs> and not have and not have the responsibility um and for me that was like okay i can harken back to you know being a, a younger brasher <laughs> fellow and like no i don't want to do that don't make someone else do it um but also relating to like my own journey of of moving away from home and coming coming out here to pursue my dreams of you know uh relating that into Godric when he's finally starting to accept like, okay, maybe, maybe I am the chosen one, or maybe I can be uh, the chosen one and sort of moving forward with that and going like, all right, you know, let's, let's go for it. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a good amount of, of me and Godric and again, more, more than I expected there to be. It's obvious that the chemistry between you and Dana was, you know, off the charts. Um, do you know, do you think that, you know, a lot of the listeners were hoping for more of a more of a connection, more of, a, you know, a deepening of that relationship? It's, it's hard to say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if people were hoping for more of that relationship or more to come of it. Um, me as the actor, I, I wanted to, <laughs> you know, see, see where our relationship developed to, but uh, for anyone who's listened through episode one, part two, they know what happened with that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, like it was in, in some ways I'm, I'm hoping they might do a, a prequel uh, season where we can learn uh, about um, Aru uh, as it was before, and and Aura and and Godric <laughs> leading up to Carcerum uh, would be would be really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I would. Interesting. <laughs> it could happen. Maybe I, I I'm not in the writers' room, so I don't know. But <laughs> I would totally be down for that. Um, but it it certainly it certainly helped. You know, like you mentioned, our chemistry uh, and funny going back to the whole career thing. Uh, Dana and I actually took both our very first voiceover class together about what was that back in like 2012 or something and then somehow we found our way back to back to uh like bill holmes and and shane and 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 all this so it's kind of funny how how this all worked out when you were first presented with you know with the idea and um i don't know if you were presented with a script first or or if it was still in the you know finishing touches but when you were first presented with the idea what were your thoughts um i yeah i wasn't presented with a script it was more yeah and i an idea of what what was what was going to happen what sort of the general sense of this thing was and i was like i i was very intrigued you know it was a it's a fantasy series um, and already, uh, I'm, you know, I like, I'm, I'm a huge fantasy fan, 
love like the Lord of the Rings stuff. I love fantasy films. I'm a huge RPG fan of video games um, and Dungeons and Dragons and, and all that stuff. I, I love all of it. So already I was totally, totally into it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I sort of <laughs> sort of got a bare bones idea of it from them at the time when I first heard about it. But when they finally approached me with the character of Godric and it had become more developed and hearing about, okay, this is what aru is uh here's your journey you're you're the chosen one you're following this prophecy and everything and i was just like i'm in i i I love everything about this it's funny um you know we we were talking about talking with dana about what she thinks um what she thinks aura looks like and and we love the fact that you know the way it's presented we're given the freedom in our own minds to create the looks, the look of the realm, the look of, you know, each character. Uh, I know picturing in my head, I, I, the immediate description that I thought for Godric was, uh, you know, the, and it's funny that you mentioned the Lord of the Rings because I had thought like the Lord of the Rings Hobbit version of a frat boy. Um, <laughs> so I, I know, um, you know, our listeners are probably curious. How do you see Godric? Well, I... I'm of course influenced a little bit by you know the various uh, fantasy properties and projects that I've watched or played before. So I think parts of it were uh, you take a bit of Aragorn, you take some of of Ned Stark um, from Game of Thrones, and uh, for me, it's sort of the sort of your classic kind of longish hair and and a and a goatee. Um, But yeah, certainly. I, and it, I think it's because of my my own vocal print and hearing it compared to the characters around me and around Godric, uh, that Godric was kind of a, a, a younger looking guy in that he wasn't sort of your, you know, whereas like Aragorn has the the experience and, and looks like sort of your, your more classic uh, fantasy hero character. Uh, I got the sense that uh, Godric was a, a little younger, a little, little more wet behind the ears than that. Not, not that he was inexperienced, just not quite uh, as far along as someone like, like Aragorn or, or a Ned Stark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to switch um, topics for, for a minute. Can you, what is, what is a day in voice acting like? How do you, how do you get yourself ready for, you know, for a day of, of um, recording and, and how do you get yourself into character? What's, what's your process like? Well, that, that definitely depends on what it is I'm about to be recording. Um, if it's, I do a lot of anime. If it's anime, I, I can, my preparation is I watch the show uh, in its original Japanese beforehand to have an idea of like, okay, here's the story. Here's an even more of a sense of who my character is. And then if, if I'm told what, what episode we're about to be recording for, I'd try and specifically watch, uh, watch that episode um, because they, you don't get the script beforehand. You don't see the script until you are there in the studio ready to record so you don't really get to prep line by line and go through okay here's what this episode is the best you can do is watch the japanese beforehand and like okay so i have i have an idea of what's going to happen here um if it's uh like an original animation rather than dubbing then i've i've been fortunate where i've gotten the script at least a day or a few days beforehand so i can actually go through uh and prepare for it 
um, and, and sort of go through my lines and, and try and have, make some choices beforehand and have my ideas of what I think, you know, the scenes are about and, and my character is going to be like, and then obviously, uh, work that out with the director there in the session as, as we're recording it. Um, commercial work, <laughs> uh, it depends on what it is, because uh, sometimes all you have is one tagline, like it's Toyota, let's go places. And like, well, all right, well, I can't, I can't do much with that. There's a few ways. I'll just do whatever, whatever they tell me. Um, so, yeah, it depends. Sometimes, oh, if I know it's like a video game, that's going to be lots of, of yelling and screaming, especially if it's like a war game or lots of fighting, um, then I tend to... A technique I've I've found works for me is um, I as I'm driving to the studio or in this case now with COVID um, hopping to my booth at home uh, I will listen to music and sing it out loud um, and that sort of will help warm up the vocal cords I never going like full blast but we'll we'll sing it so I can sort of go uh, work my chords over a, a various range. And and be warmed up uh, physically for for the session. <laughs> All right. Well, then that begs the question: What is your favorite rock out song to get your vocals ready? <laughs> uh, I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. Nice. All right. I don't suppose you'd give us a, a chorus, would you? <laughs> of course. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm going to have to quickly pull up, pull up the lyrics. Cause now that I'm on the spot, I'm forgetting all of them. <laughs> Here, hold on. Let's uh, I believe the thing called love lyrics. Okay. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel. My heart's an overdrive and you're behind the steering wheel. Touching you, touching me, touching you, God, you're touching me. Ooh. I believe in a thing called love, just listen to the rhythm of my heart. There's a chance we can make it now, we'll be rocking till the sun goes down. I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> nice i wasn't sure you were gonna fully go for it nice. oh you can't not go for it with that song that that is like the most fun song to sing or karaoke or everything like that that is my go-to song <laughs> so you mentioned your booth a minute ago and you know there's a lot in our community who would like to get into voice acting Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about your setup and, you know, how it's evolved, maybe, uh, especially since I'm sure a lot of your work over the last two years has been in your own booth rather than going into the studio? Um, my booth uh, right now, it's, it's a fairly simple thing. And that's <laughs> a funny thing is so many people think like, oh, I've got to devote just thousands of dollars to make this super high end, high quality booth at home. And you don't have to do that. If you're someone, if you're lucky enough to be living in a place that has a walk-in closet, then that is already like, you're already set up. All you have to do at that point is just load it up with either some um, soundproofing foam or sound absorbing foam in there. Or, I mean, heck, I, some people even just use their own clothes. So you just pack it full of your, your shirts and your pants and everything. Those will naturally act as sound dampening. Because the main thing is, is you don't want, you don't want to be able to hear the space you're in. So you don't want to be out 
you know, just out and about in your living room, if you've got like hardwood floors, because then your sound is echoing and bouncing all around the room and everything sounds super echoey and it just won't work. Uh, my specific booth is a, it's a PVC pipe frame. And then I've lined the whole thing with uh, moving blankets or furniture blankets. And then within that, I have, I've attached tons of sound, uh, sound absorbing foam um, to sort of, you know, really isolate the sound uh, within uh, the booth itself. So it doesn't reflect and bounce off and everything. Uh, and that's been working, you know, really well. And that cost me maybe a, in total a few hundred bucks. Now, if you have the funds to buy, you know, a, a studio bricks booth or a, a vocal booth, then good on you. Yeah, that's great if you if you can afford that. Um, uh, but yeah, the real issues tend to come from the location of where you live and just like, okay, are you in an apartment? Do you have neighbors upstairs? Can you hear them walking around all day? Because that can interfere with it. Or if you've got people who have gardeners coming in all the time, you can hear leaf blowers from the outside or, or, or lawnmowers. That's, or yeah, whatever. that's straight car alarm. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. If you're right near a busy road and traffic's driving by all the time. I, I used to live near an airport and could hear planes flying around. It just, you know, it really messes with, with your space. And that's when you have to like really try and soundproof as best you can. Um, and it's, it's an unfortunate thing, you know, if you can't afford that or you just don't have the setup, you know, for that. And it's a bummer that, you know, COVID stopped us from being able to go into studios where that was never an issue. But uh, all that to say, it is possible to do it at home and you don't have to break the bank to have a, a home recording setup. Um, so, yeah, and anyone can can do it. There are guides online for how to build a, a PVC frame booth. <laughs> I'm going to assume that you probably work on a Mac with things like Pro Tools and, um, you know, equipment that, you know, runs through that. Is is that what your setup looks like? And any tips for, for folks that want to build a good audio setup? Uh, my specific setup, actually, uh, I use a, a Windows laptop and um, Adobe Audition is my is my recording uh -huh. software. I, I am versed in, in Pro Tools. I know how to use it. Um, I just don't currently use it, not to say that, uh, that I can't. And uh, Pro Tools is definitely the, the industry standard software. Um, it can have a bit of a steep learning curve to like really understand it. But for a more basic, if you're just looking to record your auditions or record a gig and then export it, it's, it's fairly simple to, to figure out, especially for an at-home setup where you just have your microphone and your interface and that plugs into your computer. Then it's usually not too, too difficult uh, to get that running. It's when you're trying to set up like a whole recording studio with a big mixing board and, and tons of inputs and outputs, uh, then, then it gets dicey trying to set it up. Um, but no, I use Adobe Audition, which works uh, well. Uh, I know some people who swear by, uh, I think it's called Reaper is another software that Reaper. people use. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so if, if you've got a Mac, that's, that's great. Heck, some people just use GarageBand to record their auditions or record their gigs. It, it works. <laughs> it can do it. <laughs> We had uh, we had Bill on episode two, and I want to remind the listeners out there that I have been posting the links for the first three episodes of In the Land Up, which, as Shane said, includes the link to listen to that specific episode. 
Um, in episode two, we were talking with Bill and, you know, we had asked him about folks that were looking to get into the business. And he suggested, you know, taking your favorite commercial um, or taking some passages from a book and just recording yourself and, and listening. Um, any tips that you have for, for, you know, getting yourself ready and then making some demos? Yes. Um, if, if your goal like is to become a voice actor, then the, the key part of that is you have to be a good actor. So take, take acting classes, take improv classes. I can't recommend improv enough. How much yeah. that, that just helps for every, even if you're not going to be an actor, improv is just great for sort of uh, gaining some self-confidence and, and, and becoming a better uh, speaker or conversationalist. It's just great for that. Um, yeah. And some things uh, like, like Bill was saying, um, reading out loud is, is a great thing. Even if, even if you start out by not recording yourself, just reading out loud. So you get used to that idea of, of seeing words written down and you're speaking them out loud is just sort of to get the, the physical technique down and then yes, record yourself doing it. Um, and then yeah, take, you can take magazines, take ads out of magazines, read those out loud. Cause those are in fact, for, for commercial demos, that's where we pull from a lot of the times, you know, we'll, we'll uh, bring in some of our favorite magazines, pull the ads out of them and boom, right there, you've got yourself, you've got yourself a script for a, for a commercial. Now they're not always perfect because they're written for people to just read them versus, you know, hearing them over the radio or something. Um, but they work, they're a great starting place. So uh, I recommend, I recommend, yeah, those main things like read out loud and uh, take acting classes, especially improv classes. So can you tell us a little bit, um, you know, what are the differences in process and feeling um, between voice acting for commercials, voice acting for games, voice acting for audio dramas, and maybe even, you know, voice acting versus acting on film or acting at, you know, in a theater? Sure. Um... Well, at the at the heart of all of them is it's your you're expressing your your feeling and your point of view about something. And that's that's something that um, is especially true in like commercial voiceover is uh, too many people uh, just getting into the industry or outside the industry looking in think like, oh, it's just talking to a microphone. Like, how hard can that be? And it's not. It's not that. There's so much more to it than that. You are you are bringing the words uh, to life, and uh, a big thing in commercial is is they want to hear someone with a point of view about whatever it is they're talking about. Um, and something I've learned from Bill and and from doing this for a while is um, is is trying to make it personal to you. Cause too many people will see a script for say, like, um, like a credit card or whatever. And it's like, you know, 0% APR, this and that, you know, just all this stuff that you personally don't really care about. And it's all about trying to make a substitution is an acting technique where instead of just thinking about these words that you've been given, you change it to a scenario and like, okay, well, I'm, I'm supposed to feel, you know, happy or friendly about this thing I'm talking about. Okay, well, what's a scenario I've personally experienced that I feel that way? And then you substitute that in for the words and it makes it come out, you know, more natural and conversational sounding. And then you bring your own personal point of view to that situation. And that's what people want to hear uh, nowadays in, in modern commercials. They want to hear real folks talking about, you know, real things and, 
And that's, that's the best place to come from uh, for that. Um, and then it's it, it kind of similar to taking it to like an audio drama or a video game is, okay, well, now you're a character talking about, you know, the situation you're in or whatever your character is experiencing. And again, you can draw from personal experiences to bring into that, you know, sure, I've never actually... Uh, ridden a horse and knocked a, a beehive at the same time and, and had to deal with that. But I've, I've ridden a horse before, so I know what that's like. And I know what it's like to be in a situation where, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. So I, I can pull from real places uh, to do that. Uh, a wonderful thing about um, audio dramas is that rarely are you limited by... Um, well, one, you're not limited by your looks where you are on camera. That's that's a major difference because you have to rely on your physical appearance uh, many times for that. Uh, and audio dramas, obviously, you don't. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, you don't have to rely on certain, you know, a limited amount of time. Whereas like uh, in dubbing, specifically anime dubbing, you have to match the lip flaps. You have to match the animation that's already been done. They're not animating to you. You're you're acting to the animation that's already been done. So you're you're limited in your time. <clears throat> Excuse me, limited in your time and uh, trying to do a similar performance to someone else. Um, whereas, yeah, the audio drama, it's it's free. And I told Bill, it's it's it was one of the best acting experiences ever because it was purely just like. Just you just get to take your time and really dig into the scene and the character and and have fun bringing it to life. And it was one of the best experiences, especially getting to, to act with Dana because she's such a wonderful actress. Um, <clears throat> and we got to yeah really really enjoy our 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 dialogues and our conversations together and the scenes we had together. And and yeah, it was like I said, it's just one of the best uh, experiences I've ever had. <laughs> Well, as a lifelong soap opera fan, you know, I think that fantasy has the opportunity to bring back characters from the dead or create a ghost or, you know, maybe even some form of magic. So let's, you know, I know that there's a bunch of us that are hoping that Godric will appear again either in season two or maybe we'll be surprised and hear him later in season one. Don't know. And I'm not spoiling anything because I really <laughs> don't know. I've only listened to six episodes. I want to be fresh with our <laughs> listeners, um, you know, as the series unfolds. Yes. But hopefully we'll we'll see Godric again in some form or another. <laughs> I can't say anything, um, but yes, <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> um, I do have a question that came in over, um, over email this week. Um, mm -hmm. Man, I hate these kind of questions, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> it comes from Kelly. It's a three-part question. Okay. Um, and I'm going to replace a certain word. She says that you sound, um, I'm going to use the word caliente. Um, and <laughs> she wants to know if you're single, if you've ever dated a blind girl, um, <laughs> and have you ever recorded, a, I, I'm gathering that she's probably, a, we're you know, blind or low vision in this community. Mm -hmm. I'm gathering that she's probably an avid reader because she wants to know if you've ever recorded any um, books. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yes, I'm single. Uh, no, I've never dated a blind girl before, and I have not yet done any, um, any books, no, no books on tape or even, um, oh, what's it called? The, the audio description for, I think, TV shows and movies. 
Um, so unfortunately, no, that's something I, I would love to get into. I, I listened to um, the Ready Player One book on tape where it was, I think it was Will Wheaton was the yeah. narrating. And I thought he did a fantastic job. So I would love to do something like that. <laughs> Big Willie and fans stand by me, Star Trek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, folks, we are going to take questions in a few minutes. If um, if you are out there and listening and you have a question or a comment, like I said earlier, please find any of the Sunday edition links and click on and join us. Um, so <laughs> I'd like to ask you to give um, Kelly out there in case she wants to catch you on Twitch or Twitter or um, give out where they can find you because you also do um a lot of funny skits yourself so where can they find you uh they can find everyone can find me on pretty much every social media platform and that's at phil m reich and that's p-h-i-l-l-m-r-e-i-c-h and i'm on twitch i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i'm on tiktok uh and i think that's it i haven't delved into the snapchat or the uh what other social media platforms those those are the four i'm on <laughs> so you can find me there awesome so i've this is my uh my last official question and i've asked everybody some form of this if you could recreate a, a movie or a project a book what is your fantasy project and it could be something that's already done that you know you think you could throw your own spin on or something completely original um, well, the first thing that came to mind is I, I was a huge fan of the book, um, timeline, and I know they made a movie about that back in like 2000, gosh, when was that 2005 or something, I think. Um, and it was a, I think it was a, it's a Michael Crichton book. Um, and it's about, you know, a bunch of scientists developing time travel um, and scientists and archaeologists and everything. And obviously some folks get sent to the past. Um, and I think it's like uh, medieval times in France. Um, and to me, it was just such a captivating story when I read it. And I, I was a little let down by the film that that is something to me I would love to recreate. Not necessarily as a film. I think it would be a great tv show or heck an audio drama i i would absolutely love to do that although trying to get the rights to a michael crichton property might be a little <laughs> difficult <laughs> i would imagine so all right folks it's any of the sunday edition links if you're out there listening and you have questions or comments thankfully i prepare oh there we go jessica <laughs> go ahead on mute and ask your question yes um yes Jessica's hand is raised. Go ahead. Hello. At some point I heard, first of all, thank you for taking your time. At some cool. point I heard you mention that you took a voiceover class or a voice acting class. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering what some of the things that were covered or some of the exercises they had you do in the class. Uh, let's see. Um, starting out, the first classes I took were all commercial classes, and it was very much um, a lot of just, okay, well, here's an introduction. Let's just just try reading it out loud. And, you know, we recorded and everything, and okay. Then it was, um, okay, now put yourself in a different situation where you might feel 
differently, but you're saying you're saying the same words, but you feel differently about it. Um, and and at, a, at a base level, a very beginner thing was just like, okay, this time you're happy, this time you're sad, you know, this. So just sort of base base emotions just go from there, um, and then that developed into okay, let's 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 add some more detail to these various scenarios uh, we're finding ourselves in. Um, they also taught some techniques um, about uh, what are called lead-ins because, you know, scripts will start with, um, you know, um, welcome to, welcome to Toyota. I don't know why I'm going Toyota today. Oh, welcome to Toyota. And lead-ins are a good way to help get yourself into um a scenario with it in your head that you'd like to do that. So instead of just saying the line of like, welcome to Toyota, you're like, Hey Gary, welcome to Toyota. So right there, you've, you've added another character and now you're talking to someone specifically about the situation you're about to be in. Or sometimes it could be as simple as just like a laugh or a breath or a sigh, just some, some non-vocal sound thing to, to get you into it. Um, so yeah, those are, those are just a couple, a couple of things we would do. Any follow-up, Jess? So naturally, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how, what if you were trying to let your other character in on like a secret, like, Psst, did you know you could save 15% or more on your car insurance? Like, you know how Geico yeah. always has those silly things they do. Yeah. So that was part of what I was imagining when you were saying that, I guess. Yeah, but, and that's, yeah. that's totally something you. you would do. That's absolutely something you do. That's a, a, an, a point of view you could have about it. Like, like you said, you're sharing a secret. So like, hey, guess what? You can do this. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. totally it. I got to admit, I was thinking about um, the pharmaceutical commercials and how happy a lot of, of the voice actors sound when they're, you know, when they're reading off that long list of so possible side effects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always a fun one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's because it's always like, like, OK, we recognize that we're talking about a lot of bad stuff right here, but we don't want to come off that way. So think about something pleasant while you're talking about. Yes, it could cause diarrhea. It could cause this or that. It could cause death even like, oh, my gosh. But it's like you can't you can't sound sad or mad about it. It can't be a bad thing. This this is still a good medicine we're talking about. <laughs> and don't you just love how they use the digital effects to speed up that part of it? to yeah. at least a time and a half speed so that it goes by sounding like the fine print so that you just kind of ignore it and it just goes off like a bunch of a blur it's like the audio equivalent of fine print yep yep that's that's very true although there are some people who do who can speak that quickly and it's always very impressive to hear those folks I, I always laugh because, you know, back when I had sight, I could see it. But even now, you know, I'll have somebody tell me and it's, you know, it's always the, the couple is dancing or I love the one where they're carrying the canoe and it's like, honey, did you take out the garbage? Um, <laughs> you know, and then they're talking yeah. about this, this, you know, important medical stuff and, and they're lugging a canoe and it's like, yeah, all right. This is, you know, yep. this is this only happens once in, you know, every other blue moon kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No matter what, it's got to be a good thing. We're all happy and smiles because of this medicine <laughs> yeah jessica anything else before we see if there are any other hands i think that's all for now thank you all right awesome diane do we have any other hands uh no sir 
So talk a little bit about tricky dialogue. Um, you know, again, right, it comes to mind those commercials uh, where you have a lot of medical jargon. Um, but even in something like Carcerum, you know, when you're looking at stuff that is, is you know, a, a world that's being created by the drama that you're voicing, mm-hmm. uh, how, do you, how do you deal with dialogue that, you know, you might not be familiar with or, or kind of throws you for a loop? Um, usually for me, it'll just be like, well, initially it's just like asking the director, okay, how do you pronounce this? Okay. Say it a couple of times. And usually, you know, we just do, we'll end up doing a few takes till it's like, okay, right. Got it. This is the proper pronunciation. And once you, after enough repetition of saying it, you sort of, it's sort of sunk in and then it becomes easier to, to start delivering the line because, uh, you're no longer distracted by, am I saying it right? Am I doing it right? Uh, and now it's just like, OK, I've, I've got it. So usually it's just it just takes a little bit of time of just saying it out loud a few times. That's that's definitely something I've run into a lot with um, doing the dubbing for like Japanese video games into English, where they keep uh, a lot of character names are still the, the Japanese names. And it's like, OK, you got to pronounce it like it's spelled it's spelled um, like W-A-T-A-R-U. And I keep wanting to say Wataru, and he's like, no, 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 it's Wataru. I'm like, okay, sorry, Wataru. <laughs> and in, in that case, specifically, my technique for me was just think Waterloo, and you'll pronounce it right. So Waterloo, Wataru. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, either somebody's a history fan or an ABBA fan. <laughs> <laughs> How often are you recognized um, and what are you most recognized for? Uh, Let's see. Thus far in person, I've never been recognized. Um, And I say that when I'm just sort of out in public. Now, I've I've gone to a few um, conventions and obviously it's sort of prime there. People are, are looking for you. They sort of know like, oh, I know the the actor who voices this character is going to be here. So usually they have a sense uh, of what you look like and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, you're so-and-so. So So I'll be recognized there. Um, And in that sense, uh, usually for me, it's 90%. It's, it's Giorno from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, just because that's a, a pretty popular anime series. So that that's the one I mostly recognize for. Cool. You know, you, you said conventions. Um, and, and I think a lot of our folks would love to hear what it's like to be at a video game convention or even a Comic-Con. Oh, man, it is, it is an experience. I've been on both sides. Uh, I went to San Diego Comic-Con um, back in 2014 and 2015. I went to E3 back in also uh, 2014 and I think 2013 for that one. Um, and now, yeah, recently I've been a guest at a convention, at a few conventions. Um, and it's, yeah, again, it's just, it's an experience, uh, cause you'll get there like with Comic-Con, you'll see people, it's a huge crowd for one. And they got, you know, the San Diego convention center is, is a large space and they filled it to the brim. Um, and because that one's a big one where they get, you know, like A-list celebrities to be there. There's just massive crowds showing up. So already, if you, if you get anxious about large crowds, then you might want to stay away from some conventions. Um, but people are having a good time. People are, are cosplaying as their favorite characters or as these, some people do these crazy like crossovers where I've seen, I think I've seen like every possible version of Deadpool you can think of. Gentleman Deadpool is Deadpool wearing a tuxedo or zombie Deadpool where he's got bits and pieces of him hanging off and just, you know, it's it's 
it's amazing seeing the creative ideas that people come up with and their talent for, for making costumes um, is really impressive. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I also find like, like Comic-Con is like a four day event. Like it starts Thursday and goes till Sunday and heck there's even like the preview night Wednesday night. So it's, it's a long uh, deal. And I find myself usually by the second day, I'm kind of like, oh, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to want to stay at the hotel. But it's like, no, man, it's, it's only this weekend. You got to do it. You got to get back out there. Um, and I've guessed it at much smaller conventions. Um, and those are fun uh, as well, because you get uh, and, and, and as a guest too, when, when people come up to, you know, to my table to, to chat and meet with me or get an autograph, then I get to, you know, actually have a discussion with the fans and sort of, they get to say, you know, their favorite things about the shows, or I get to ask them, you know, what are the things they're into or see their really cool cosplays that they, they showed up in. Um, so yeah, conventions are, are a blast. It's just a bummer that we're in the midst of COVID. So hopefully when we, can get past this eventually <laughs> they can they can come back in in full form again <laughs> yeah I, I covered um it was oh my god back in the day i worked for the associated press and i covered um i believe it was a comic-con mm-hmm. and it was when um the game kingdom hearts came out oh, and wow. one of the best things i had ever seen was a, a girl had dressed up as snow white as the the girl of I think it's Final Fantasy. It's the crossover. Oh, uh, there nice. are two, yeah, there are two characters in Kingdom Hearts that came from from um, Final Fantasy, and uh-huh. so it, that was her imagining of what Snow White in uh, not Snow White, uh, Smurfette. Sorry, oh, the, okay. the little blue character. Yeah, no, Smurfette. Um, oh, wow. And what she would look like if she was a Final Fantasy character. And, I, and it was it, like, it blew me away. And, and I'm like, so you cool. know, how long did it take you to put this together? She was like, oh my God, like six weeks. This, this costume cost me about 600 bucks. I believe and I was like, it. Yeah, you know, the the commitment for, for those fans is, it, you know, and I'm used to soap opera fans. So if I say this, then I, then I really mean it. The commitment is, is hardcore. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Let's do another hand check, Diane. Anybody um, with questions or comments? Uh, no, sir. No hands. So, folks, we're going to stay on for a few more minutes. If you're out there and you've got a, a question or a comment, please join us and uh, raise your hand. Um, I'm going to throw out to my friend Jeff, who is streaming for us. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Do you have any uh, questions or comments that you want to, to uh, ask or, or say? Um. Sorry? Uh, Jeff? All right, maybe he stepped away. All right, let me think. What else can I ask Philip? Um, <laughs> um, what is the craziest fan experience you've had? The craziest fan experience I've had? I, I think I haven't had anything that's been too wild or too crazy, but I have had... Um, uh, I was actually at a convention over New Year's um, and someone who she was, she was a professional cosplayer. Um, so she's paid to show up in these really cool costumes. Um, but she dressed up as, as a character from, from Jojo. Um, 
and she came over to my 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 table uh, to take pictures. But she also she bought me some merch of my character and gave it to me there. And that was like I was I was blown away. It's like, wait a minute, you're you're paid to be here, and, and yet you're bringing me this stuff. And it's it's like the coolest thing. Oh, and and a, uh, a recent convention too. I had another. Uh, a fan who was um, she's a super talented artist. In fact, I commissioned her to draw some artwork of, of one of my characters and she showed up to my table and brought me like eight, eight of her own original artworks that she had done of my characters or various uh, characters and other characters from those series. And she gave me like, I think it was some, something insane, like, like nine pieces of artwork <laughs> I was just utterly blown away. And like, now I'm like, I got to go buy like 10, 10 or 12 frames for all this artwork I've got. <laughs> so people are, are super, super generous is what I found uh, at these conventions. Wow. What is your most commonly asked question? Uh, my most commonly asked question is, uh, how did you feel when you found out you booked character, whatever, insert, insert name here. It's always just like, what, what was that like for you? Um, and it's always, it's kind of always the same thing. I was like, I didn't expect it. And when I found out I was floored, I was stoked. I <laughs> it's going crazy. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, just, just in utter shock, uh, every time. Um, cause yeah, it's always, it's always a fun thing to, to receive uh, an email or a phone call and being like, Hey, guess what? You booked the thing. And especially when it's, when it's a project that you're already a fan of um, and something you'd love to be a part of, like there's, it's just an indescribable feeling. <laughs> Do you play the games that you've, that you voiced for? And is that something that um, a lot of the voice actors do or don't do? What's kind of, what's the, the norm based uh, around that? I do, but I've been a gamer since I was like five years old. So I, I just love video games um, and I, I play them even, even when I'm not in them. Um, but yeah, that's, it's kind of a fun thing too for me because I also stream it on Twitch. Um, I'll stream the games that I'm in and it's always a fun thing to like, because in many games, like, okay, they book you on a character, but they usually also have you voice like five, anywhere between like three and 10 other little side characters that all have like anywhere from one to like five lines each. So it's always fun to be playing through a game. And then suddenly you hear your voice and like, oh, I totally forgot I did that. <laughs> like that, that guy right there, that one's me. <laughs> and so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a where's Waldo thing where you're looking for yourself uh, in these, in these games and like, okay, I remember I recorded this line, but I haven't heard it yet. It's, uh, we got to find that character. He's somewhere around here. <laughs> um, as for as for other uh, actors, um, I'd say it's probably I, uh, most of them probably play their own games. I think I think everyone tends to be. I, I I have met very few in the voiceover industry who are not gamers themselves. Um, so yeah, most are just like even even like me. Even if they aren't in the game, they're like, no, I was going to play that game anyways. <laughs> I become really friendly with um, a soap actress, uh, Courtney Hope, who does a lot of video game voice acting as well. And she says that she gets challenged often to play the games that she's in by by fans and by <laughs> friends and family. Is that has that been your experience too? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, not yet, just because I haven't voiced in a game that, like a fighting game or anything where people are like, oh, let me fight you as your character. 
Um, but I imagine, yes, as soon as that does happen, that absolutely people would, would challenge me and I would happily try and fight them and see if I could win. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can take down Godric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. They made a car serum video game someday. Yes. I would welcome all challengers. <laughs> all right. We'll do one more hand check. Diane. Uh, no raised hand, sir. All right. Can I put you on the spot and ask you for two or three versions of anime voicing? Of anime voicing? Sure. <laughs> um, okay. So did, did you have lines for me? You just want me to bring my own. I can, I can do either. Uh, no, nah, bring your own. Let's see what you okay. come up with. So um, <clears throat> just because this is, this is my character, Jorno from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And I say this many, well, not many times. I say it fairly, fairly often. Um, Bucciarati, you must be careful. I sense there's an enemy stand nearby. <laughs> <laughs> How about a really like shaking in their boots kind of um kind of anime? Like shaking their boots like a coward shaking in their boots? Yeah, like a coward. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got that. Uh, uh, please, please don't, don't, uh, I, I'll give you whatever you want. Just uh, take it. No, don't. Ah! Nice. All right. Your most evil, smarmy villain. Like, I'm going to get you and your little dog, too, character. <laughs> oh, uh, that was kind of my character in Persona 5. He was very much that, but he was he was more understated because he was one of those, like, I'll tell my father about you kind of people. Um, <laughs> but uh, but here we go. OK. Um, well. Why don't you come to my place? <laughs> nice. <laughs> How about, would you like a little candy? <laughs> yeah. Would you like a little candy? <laughs> How about a game? Let's play. I'm getting bored. Nice. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and answering all of our questions. <laughs> You're yes, very welcome. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> As always, I want to thank Shane for, you know, running the episode and making all of this possible. If, um, if they want to reach you again, if you want to hit those, um, hit those uh, links out for people, if they want to, you know, hear you on uh, Twitch, or if they want to email you, how do we how do we find you one more time? Sure thing. Um, it's at Phil M. Reich, and that's P-H-I-L-L-M. R-E-I-C-H. And that's on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. All right. Well, hopefully you'll join us again before the series ends. Shane, as always, thank you so much. Diane, uh, who hosted, and Jeff, who is streaming in the background, thank you so much. We'll be back next Tuesday night with episode five. I will put the link for tonight's episode out as soon as we have it available. And the links for all three of our previous episodes are out there. You can always email me at the word celebration with my initials. So that's celebration AC at AOL.com. And um, this has been In the Land of Aru, a Carcerum fan cast. Thank you so much for joining us. To listen to this week's Carcerum episode, click the link in the description or search Carcerum, C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, wherever you get your podcast. 
This podcast is a recording of a live show presented by the American Council for the Blind and Sunday Edition with Anthony. If you would like to be part of the live show, please follow at Carcerum the Series on social media or join the ACB mailing list by sending an email to community at acb.org. Also, be sure to check out the podcast Sunday Edition with Anthony on your favorite podcasting platform. For more information about Carcerum, go to carceremtheseries.com.